Oh, fuck. I need water. Rangers and residents of New Tech City, I'm taking over the show because <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> I'll be right back. I am your host, Kennedy. Heroes on your side. Grabs the, the host, too. He's here. We're in the pit of depression, folks. We watched the finale right before recording this, as is tradition. I just want to give up. I just want to go lay down, eat ice cream, and cry for a few hours. <laughs> this is... <sighs> this is the worst season. That finale. I hope you're appropriately high for this. Yeah. <laughs> SPD emergency. All right. So Power Rangers SPD. It's a season. <laughs> it's a season. Kennedy and I have watched all of the episodes. Even the filler stuff that was originally marked as filler. Um, Every episode of this season. So if anyone ever tries to come at us about the judgments we're about to give, because I'm about to go into judgment mode, and I'm going to read the body heat and smells and fetishes of this season and determine guilt or innocence. <laughs> We're just coming off the finale, too. Like, we saved the finale to just before this uh, recording session. So we're fresh, we're fresh off the heels of that. And yeah. we've got a lot to say. You know, we've had to, we've had to redo our, our episode one this season of the intro. You know, I, I think that, like, upon reflecting on this season today and yesterday... I think my thoughts are going to be a little bit more tepid because I was a bit more optimistic in the beginning. After having watched the finale and redoing our first episode, I think like it might be more cursed than I originally thought it was, but also like I have fond pretty fond memories of actually watching bits of this season versus like Dino Thunder, right? Right. Where Dino Thunder was just like holy shit. This is like 30-something episodes, you know, of just like every episode being a 4 out of 10 and having that sort of line go through a lot, right? It's like right. someone flatlining for like a whole season and then like the heartbeat like jumps every now and then, kind of like that. Whereas this season, you know, it does do that to a higher level, though. I feel like there's definitely like quality increase from last season to this season. It also goes to show that ultimately for everyone who had fondness for the Dino Thunder method, there's no way there would have been a season two of that, right? Like when you find no. a formula that works for that type of stuff, typically you continue it for the next couple of seasons, right? Like Mighty Morphin did it for three seasons in total, but it just goes to show that that season really didn't work at all. And they're like, nah, let's... No, you can... 
Let's let's not do Thino Thunder two, right? I think you can definitely look at even just in general look at all of the the seasons that are really good, and it's easy to imagine them just making a second season of it. Like, oh yeah, there's plenty of places that they could still go with this. The only exception would be something like in space, where the conclusion is so final. You know, any any of the recent seasons that have been good, you can easily imagine a continuation of it. Uh, whereas, like, Dino Thunder, you get to the end, and there's just no room left to run. <laughs> like, <laughs> they've run out Yeah, that out was of... all their senior year, right? Yeah. I think it's, it's pretty crazy, though, that uh, what we watched, essentially, was approved by police departments. Mm-hmm. Right, because they would never allow like a negative depiction of the police department to get on air, especially during two thousand five, second term of Bush. So yeah, if you see, remember, cop media of this era, the cops could just do no wrong at all. Uh, I don't know if you remember that show Castle that I came do. out around this time. I do remember Castle. I watched like one episode of it. It was a little later, but it was like. That I think Castle really exemplifies this era of like name one time they criticize the police force in Castle. You just like can't. Like they don't. Like the cops are just like working class heroes in that show. And like that's the era that we're in is this era where like that's the presentation that the cops were getting more and more. Um, and even compared to, like, procedural crime shows of previous eras, this is actually a change. Um, obviously, cop shows would eventually get grittier again. And, like, there would be some pushback on this. But, like, go back to, like, procedural crime shows of the previous eras of the 80s and 90s um, before this. And there was still some criticism of the police force in them. You get into the mid-2000s, and the cops can do no wrong. They are your working-class heroes. Like I said, they are your friends and neighbors. They're there for you when you need them. And also, their lives are on the line every single day. And that's SPD. Yeah. I think I'm going to make a prediction out here before we get to the end of this episode and say that I think we're going to come out of this slightly more positive than we are going into this. This isn't the worst season. I'll say that as my, my hint of what's to come. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Let's get started. So, Power Rangers SPD starts with the intro, which we covered. Then you have Confronted, the third episode, which we also covered in our best and worst because it's terrible. Awful politics in that one. Yeah. It really sets the tone because that's pretty much the politics of like the first dozen episodes. It's just bad. Bad all the time. And like a lot of these aren't necessarily even worth talking about super in depth, but I'll just quickly kind of blow through them. Walls. Sky basically just being a jerk about the fact that he's not the Red Ranger. And there's bike jealousy and shit and yeah there's this like huge point of contention about sky not being the red ranger and not understanding why 
even towards like the middle of the season, the tension's still very much there. It kind of blows over towards the end, but only because Jack had to move mountains to like make it happen, right? And I think Jack basically was like, if I squash this tension as fast as possible, my life gets a lot better. Yeah. Whereas Sky, yeah, but Sky is like a chud. So Sky is just like, I am not going to bend to you at all. And I'm going to be as inhumane about it as possible while still being in compliance with SPD rules. Sky has known privilege his whole life. And there's nothing for him to lose here. Jack has not and has everything to lose. If things were to get bad enough with him and Sky, Jack is potentially going to jail. Right? If Sky started off as the Red Ranger, Jack would have been bullied off the team. Probably. Yeah. Like, if Sky decided he was going to do everything possible to ruin Jack's life, Jack could end up in jail or dead or anything. Yeah. In the situation that they're in. Yeah. So, uh, whereas, what are the consequences for Sky if Jack were to be as mean to him as possible? Virtually nothing, right? Like Jack's possible... liable to get shot on the job, or like get assigned like a really like tumultuous place, you know? Yeah, and just again, everything's on the line for him. Jack doesn't really have any sense of security or safety. I mean, Kruger made it clear that you're going to prison if you don't become a Power Ranger. Yeah. So. Everything's on the line for Jack, and so he's got to make it right. But Sky, nothing's on the line for him because he's in the position of absolute privilege. He can afford to bur burn whatever bridges he wants to. Kruger doesn't even really hold him to any particularly high standard. The worst that he does to him is say, well, uh, one day maybe you'd be ready to be the actual leader. For now, I'll just make you second in command since you're still a shithead. Instead of being like, oh, this guy's not ready to be a Power Ranger. <laughs> Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Sky comes around a little bit by the end of that episode, but the lesson doesn't stick. This is a consistent problem with Sky for a while. Is this it the learned... episode that ends with Sky, like, having to, to scrub a fountain with a toothbrush? No. That's okay. Later. Okay. No, it's just the one where Sky's like, yeah, I'll play games with you guys, I guess, occasionally at the end. Next up is Dogged which is the episode about Rick. Turns out that uh, Rick, their Boston Dynamics dog, has like a lot of problems and sucks. Sydney, at first, is Rick's worst enemy, but then she can't stand the idea that they're going to get rid of him because Kruger's like, oh yeah, Rick is malfunctioning all the time. We're just going to get rid of that fucking thing. So Sydney saves Rick and Bridge and Boom rebuild Rick, and then Rick is a super gun now that the Rangers can use, and that's this episode. It also gave some character development to the Pink Ranger, right? Yes, this is Sydney's best episode. Person? No, this is the this is the only time that you think she might be nice and like likable. You don't think she's fully awful till later. Mm. Okay. Because remember, this was around the time we were watching it together, and we were like, maybe Sydney's best ranger this season. Yeah, but then I remember, like, we were saying that in the beginning, and then I think it got to this episode, and she was acting terrible to Rick. And then she was like, maybe robot dogs are good. 
but that was still like kind of good compared to a lot of these characters. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was awful, actually. I mean, learning some empathy is like a step above most of the other characters. <laughs> More than maybe I'm prejudiced. <laughs> Um, next episode is Abridged, which was a really frustrating episode. Um, I liked it. I like this episode, but it's it it just makes you hate so many of the characters. This is see, this is where it turned around for me. Whereas like last episode, I was like, maybe Sydney's kind of okay. She's a complete fucking asshole to bridge in this episode. And I was like, oh, never mind. I changed my mind. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, everybody is uh, bigoted towards uh, people who have mental conditions. I wouldn't even necessarily describe it as like a mental condition. Like, Bridge is just neurodivergent. He's not necessarily like suffering from a disability, but he can't communicate and do things the same way as everybody else around him. And the extent to which that's a disability is based on how people around you treat you. Like, that's literally like it's it's whether or not society accommodates that is whether or not that's a disability in the case of neurodivergency. That's literally what we're looking at with Bridge. It shouldn't be a disability. The fact that he just happens to go about things a slightly different way, even though he consistently gets results by doing so. But it's treated like one because the people around him don't want to accommodate him. Yes. And I think the reason why we say we like this episode, despite it being frustrating, is that it's very relatable. Yeah. And it's good character development for Bridge, who's one of the most likable characters this season by far. So it's hard not to enjoy those parts of it. Um, also, it provides some interesting development to the overall plot, because this is when Commander Kruger officially tells them that A-Squad is missing in action, and B-Squad is taking over. For the time being. Um, and so. This means that this mystery that they're solving is like kind of higher stakes than things before. Um, and uh, that makes it even more important that it like actually gets solved. And it's a whole case of. Uh, it's a setup. Um, there's this alien that keeps being set up. They nickname him T-Top, and then that just sticks, and everyone calls him that. Which is kind of weird. Yeah, they were like, let's name him, let's call him T-Top for short. And then um, all of a sudden, even, like, other criminals on the street are calling him T-Top. Yeah, everyone just starts calling him T-Top. That's just a nickname they come up with. So that was weird. Uh, so T-Top is being framed for crimes. Bridge figures this out right away, but he, can't, he doesn't know who the real culprit is and he can't prove it. So he's trying to prove it, and all the other rangers are just treating him like shit. Literally being so rude and awful to him. And Bridge is just like, yo, I'm just trying to solve this mystery. Y'all are running around with your heads up your asses, can't figure out what the fuck's going on, but you won't listen to me. Okay, whatever. And so Bridge just ends up solving the mystery all on its own. Turns out there's this witness who keeps coming to the scene, Diane, who is the actual monster committing the crimes. Um, and is actually Hydrax. 
um, a very dangerous criminal. This episode ends with them confining Hydrax. They banned T-Top from Earth even though he was framed for his crimes for the most part because he did do property damage. Literally, this is why. So they don't imprison him, but they, they banish him for property damage. And then after the fight, they're like, Bridge, how did you figure it out? Uh, because they were all confused when the scanners kept reading innocent on T-Top and they just couldn't get it. Bridge is like, I'm trying to solve this mystery if anyone would help me. Uh, it's like, like the only time you... it goes innocent, right? Yeah. That I remember. Unless I'm forgetting something. We'll see. As I get through the notes, but I think that's it. This is the only time we ever see it go innocent. So Bridge is like... So they're like, hey Bridge, how'd you solve the mystery? And Bridge is like, oh, let me tell you. And he starts to explain, and everybody just walks off. While he's explaining. Finally, at the end, though, Jack, and only Jack... Jack, the outcast, who doesn't fit in, who, we'll get more into this as we get towards the end, but, like, he really, like, he does not like these people, and he does not want to be around them, for the most part. Like, Jack is the only one who comes to Bridge to apologize and be like, you know what? I also get marginalized around here a lot. I shouldn't have been so shitty to you. And that's it. He's the only one. Yeah, my wife said she hates this episode because uh, it's too real of an experience for her. Yeah. And how, like, everybody just wasn't there to listen, even though no, he was in the it's, right. It's 100%. It's very, it's very painful to watch uh, as someone who, you know, has struggled with neurodivergency and had unsupportive people in my life a lot around it, like... No, that's this is terrible. This is awful. <laughs> you shouldn't do this to people at all. And the fact that the fact that only Jack apologizes bothered me so much. But it's realistic, no? Yeah, no, it's super realistic. It's extremely realistic. To 6. <laughs> <laughs> that that's the thing, right? Like we can it's hate on also. it all we want, but like, yeah, it's honest. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a look in the mirror. It's especially for two thousand and five. Holy shit! Oh, what? My God, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, and it's a six also because bridge solving the mystery is pretty good. Yeah, like, like all of those scenes where bridge is on the case are actually like pretty solid. The, the actor playing Bridge nails it for the most part. And, yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, that. all that stuff holds up. Next up, we Yeah, have then you're Stan. like, maybe Bridge is the best ranger? Maybe. We'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> Next up is Sam. Oh, <clears throat> fuck. Sam is a two-parter. Um, and it's hell. It's hell on Earth. Uh, it's like a Justin episodes. episode or something. You know? Yeah, it's it's two episodes designed to make you hate this season. Uh, it's think a uh, Wild Force where the kid is right. a Zord, but not mm -hmm. as bad as that, but like pretty damn close. It's better and worse though, right? Because the payoff is stupid as shit. The payoff is stupid as shit, but the payoff is better than like the Wild Force payoff. I suppose, yeah. <laughs> 
humans do not need zords if they cause climate change it's like so yeah Mora, this is the, this is the, the season little tackle. girl um that is one of grum's lieutenants she's Actually, Grumble's lieutenants are all pretty good this season. Because it's like Mora, Broodwing, and basically Piggy is like kind of the third lieutenant-ish character that yep. we see a lot of. And they're all great characters for the most part. Yeah. Piggy's a little bit like, you know, as we touched on in the intro, occasionally they do this like Nickelodeon gross-out shit with him. But if you separate him from that, he's actually a good character. Um, yeah. So... All the lieutenants are good, unlike Grum, who sucks big time. Uh, but uh, Mora, in particular, shines a lot. And, and she, in this episode, she's hatched her own plot that is pretty solid. And it involves this kid, Sam, who is a mutant and has mutant powers, like the Rangers and like some of the other characters we've seen. And he's an outcast... Possibly because he's a mutant, although that's unclear. I think he might just be a fucking square. <laughs> yeah. It feels that way. So, Sam is an outcast, and so Mora sends this doll down to Earth, and it's using that as, like, her puppet to communicate with Sam, and is like, hey, I know what it's like to have no friends. I'll be your friend. And it's basically like, actually, this is better than Wild Force because this is, at its best, it's kind of like a Goosebumps episode, which is almost yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's not nearly, it's, this sucks compared to Goosebumps, though. Let me tell you, I've rewatched a bunch of Goosebumps, and in fact, I may demand that you rewatch some Goosebumps with me at some point, Grav, because it's amazing. But uh, this sucks. Uh <laughs> You want to know my favorite Goosebumps episode? Yeah, I do. It's the uh, superhero comic book one. Oh, that one's neat. That one's interesting. I actually read the book on that before I watched the episode. And then I was like, Pog, there's an episode for it. What? And I watched the episode and I was like, oh, this is so good. Yeah. I rewatched it uh, like a couple of years ago. Um, and I was like, yeah, that episode still bangs. <laughs> still solid. Uh, and much higher stakes than like anything in this season. Think about that, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Sam is like, okay, evil doll, I'll use my powers to help you. Of course, right away, Mora starts getting more and more demanding and difficult. Um, and so Sam, you know, is just sort of getting drug around. And the Rangers notice this little kid is like at these crime scenes a bunch. And they're like, hmm, this is interesting. So Z in particular is like, I'm going to find that kid and figure out what's up. And she goes and finds Sam. She's like, yo, listen, Sam, I'm an outsider mutant X-man just like you. And Sam's like, no, you're not. You have friends. And Z's like, damn, I guess I do have friends. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just turns into this back and forth struggle with Mora trying to convince Sam to be evil and Z trying to convince Sam to be good. And then Kruger reveals that all their parents were rangers once, even if they didn't know it. 
Um, some of them had to keep their rangerness a secret because they're wanted in other countries for the things that they did. <laughs> a squad was deposing leaders in South America in <laughs> the early 2011s. <laughs> 2010s, whatever I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Z, I think the the important part here is Z uh, blasts the doll, which traumatizes Sam. It's like, why should I ever trust the police? Yeah. She just literally shoots the doll right next to him. Like, Even uh, Mora takes it personally. Yeah. It's just a weird, a really weird thing. So, Sam's also one of those kids from the mk ultra project or whatever <laughs> and so they need to they need to go they need to go get him and bring him to spd academy and make him a stormtrooper so eventually z convinces him not to be evil and stuff and whatever she was like maybe one day you too can be a, a power ranger and he was like really yeah and then there's this really weird scene at the end where Sam's like, I'm a cadet now. And then the rest of his cadet class comes in and it's all women twice his age. Like he's like eight and these are all like 16 year old like girls that come in and they're like, let's go, Sam. You're the best. Woo! Let's all go to class together, Sam. Woo! <laughs> and it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Even this season is so horny that they even managed to make the episode about a little kid weirdly horny at the end. Like, look at Sam, the ladies' man. The eight-year-old <laughs> eight ladies' man. Oh, yeah. Police officers need to keep winning. They can't take any L's. <laughs> they literally cannot take one L. It will destroy them. <laughs> Next up, we have Idol. Which is when we find out that Sky's gay. Yeah. Which is interesting because Sky and Bridge are both kind of queer coded, but they don't like each other. And like Sky, you know, he's very much one of those trans exclusionary gay men that really only cares about the L and the G in the LGBTQIA. <laughs> uh, whereas Bridge is more like, you know, just considers himself queer in general and is an ally to everyone. And so they don't really see eye to eye. <laughs> yeah, um, I would say almost like Bridge doesn't seem to be interested in sex at all. Yeah, he might be the A in LGBTQIA. Yeah. Like, he might just, he might just be... Not interested in other people, but also, he also kind of gives off the vibe, though, of, like, a queer-coded character who has an entire romance and sex life that he is never, ever going to share with his coworkers at all because these people are fucking monsters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Like, Bridge... He could he might be asexual or he might be in a long-term relationship with a guy that we never see <laughs> because Bridge just goes home to him and he's like, Oh, I hate those people. And his partner's just like, Yeah, I know, Bridge. I'm sorry. Let's let's watch a movie, <laughs> sweetie. <laughs> Forget about this for a few hours. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> he doesn't bring his uh, personal life to work, you know? One day, many, many years down the road, he just, like, brings his partner to a function. He's just like, yeah, we've been together for 14 years. I, I had to work a fast food job in my mid-20s. The, the funniest part about it, though, was, like, there was one coworker that I had that we just, like, truly did not know anything about, and we could barely understand him as it is. He, he did that usual thing that, you know, typically people do. Uh, for these jobs, which is like, you just no call, no show a bunch. And they just like write you off the schedule. Uh, so when we were like, oh, well, he's gone. We were like, what What would we even write like on his eulogy? Like, what could we say about him? I, I told my coworker, I was like, he made really good bacon. <laughs> <laughs> that would be on the tombstone. So Idol is about Commander Kruger is away. And Sky's old buddy, his his uh, guy that he was a pal with, Drew, who was the missing in action, shows up. Drew is acting a little suspicious from the moment he gets there. And Jack, in particular, is kind of concerned about how this guy has just shown up after being MIA. And he shouldn't be allowed around anything sensitive without being like, reprocess back into the system at the very very minimum which is you know actually relatively reasonable for the kind of situation that they're in and sky kind of takes offense to this um eventually though sky even starts to get a little suspicious of drew and asks hey what's up but drew's like listen i'm on a secret mission why do you think i'm being like this dog i'm cia now and Sky's like, oh, damn, I'm hoping to make that FBI to CIA switch eventually. Uh, my dad's the CIA director now. <laughs> so Sky's all hyped up about it. And then the scene that really solidifies that this is not just a friendship occurs after this because Jack confronts Sky about the fact that Drew is, like, just acting like he's, like, a ranger again, even though, like... He's been missing and etc. And Sky's just like, listen, you don't know anything about my life. You don't know about friendship. You don't know about me and Drew. And you need to never speak to me or Drew again. And just like walks away. And at that point, you're like, oh, they're gay. <laughs> it explains a lot, really. It does. Of course, it turns out that Drew is a traitor, and that when Kruger comes back, Drew tries to assassinate him. It turns into a whole thing. Initially, Sky and Drew have this showdown, but like Sky can't kill him in that moment, and then they face off again later, and he puts him under arrest and whatever. This is the one where at the end, okay, Sky gets in trouble. In Commander Kruger's typical attitude, um, he just makes you clean something. Kind of like, like some of the authority figures in my life growing up. <laughs> just arbitrarily, just go clean, go clean something. <laughs> that's, that's Kruger. Just go, go, go clean something. So, Sky is told he has to clean the fountain with a toothbrush, and he's out there doing that. And Jack comes out, and he's like, hey, listen, I know that Drew turned out to be shitty, but I still could have been a little nicer to you about this friendship thing. And this is what we mean when we talk about Jack is just like really trying to squash this beef. 
way more than is necessary or fair to him. Because, like, Sky's a dick, and Jack's out here, like, just, like, trying to make right with him, even though Sky was completely in the wrong in this episode. It turns out, on top of all that, that the toothbrush that Sky's using to clean the fountain is Jack's. That's how much of a dick Sky is. Even when he was in the wrong, and he was told he had to do this task as his punishment, he goes and gets Jack's toothbrush. Doesn't it, like, freeze frame end? Or they just start laughing? They just start laughing. I think it might have been improv by the actors, to be honest. Because, like, what really, what, what starts happening is Jack sits down and he also picks up a toothbrush. He's like, here, I'll help you. And Sky's like, no, don't. You, you shouldn't help me. And then uh, he starts laughing. And, and Jack's like, what? And Sky's like, I can't say. And it's almost out of character sounding. Yeah. Like, I think, like, like, I think, like, he just thought of that joke, you know? Which, like, on set, in context, would be, like, a really funny improv, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, uh, just so, like, you could see why they just start busting. Because, like, when he says it, they just kind of start just busting up and it just freeze frames on them just, like, <laughs> dying of laughter. <laughs> you could almost hear the, like, MMPR, you know? Yeah, for real. After this is stakeout. This is a weird one. Oh, this is the one where Jack has sex with uh, Sid, right? Yeah, this is the one where Jack and Sid bang. Basically, Sid is a rich girl, which is kind of hinted at a bit. And it's her birthday, and she always has a big, huge, massive birthday party. Jack decides, I'm going to do a little praxis. Ruin rich girl's birthday. <laughs> and so he has to go on an all-day stakeout and he's like sid you're coming with me on this stakeout <laughs> and she's like can't you pick anyone who it isn't their birthday and jack's like no no i can't and so he takes her to the stakeout <laughs> then he just starts doing dickish things to her he orders a pizza and when she's like, oh, sweet pizza, he's like, oh. Oh. I didn't know you wanted any. I didn't. Oh, you want some? I guess I'll, I mean, I'll order another pizza, I guess, because I'm not sharing this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he flirts with another girl down on the street while he knows Sid can see just to, like, piss her off. And literally, Sid confronts him about this, and he's like, yeah, I'm doing everything to make you mad. <laughs> but Sid's like you know what I was being spoiled as fuck now that I think about it cause she was being like really as much as I'm making Jack sound like the dick like Sid was also being really spoiled about everything in this episode especially so, like, in the beginning yeah yeah especially in the very beginning so Sid's kinda like you know what I was being spoiled as fuck I'll take this L uh, I'll take this L. Let's let's uh, enjoy the rest of this stakeout. Wink, wink, wink. <laughs> uh, and then they fight a monster, and then they uh, throw her a surprise party. <laughs> There's always like a whole like sex by transition thing of like implications. Yeah, it's all scene changes and stuff in in time force, but like our. <laughs> SPD. SPD. <laughs> I'm so high. 
<laughs> it's all scene changes in SPD. It's just like two characters are like alone in a room. The moon is out. The door closes. There's a bottle of open Chianti on the table, half drank. And then, like, scene change next morning, and they walk into a command center wearing each other's morphers or whatever. And it's like, that's, that's, that's how they do it this season. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm the pink ranger, dog. I don't know how this happened. <laughs> <laughs> what does cra- how did I get your morpher? What? That's crazy. <laughs> Dave, there must have been a mix-up or something. I have to, did you were you in my locker for some reason? I don't. Are yeah. you playing a prank on me? What? Next up is Shadow. Let's uh, get it. Doggy Kruger is in the mix. It's Pog, but also cursed and confusing and horny two-parter. Doggy. So, good job, Doggy. Uh, uh, so, Anubis Doggy Kruger has very bad PTSD. Emperor Grum destroyed his planet and killed, question mark, his wife. Um, Question mark, question mark. Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. This shit is messing with his head. Also... He starts acting shitty to everyone about it. Like, he starts being really snappy and difficult with everyone. And everyone's like, what the hell's going on? There's also this, like, B-plot where Broodwing is really upset about $500. Now, Broodwing has to have something going on. He's, he's got a gambling problem or something. He's got one of those issues where you have tons of money and then you have none. Because he's literally making stacks all the time. But then in this episode, he is apparently hard up for cash and needs his $500 back from Piggy. You had 50k last week, Broodwing. What happened to it? It's about sending a message. <laughs> and then Piggy finds a lottery ticket and there's all this other... I don't... The whole B-plot... A lot of the stuff that this is all fucking weird shit. But who anyway. cares? Shadow Ranger, Pog. Yeah, Doggy becomes the Shadow Ranger. It's very Pog. He has a 100 on his chest. He defeats 100 Crybots immediately that- with a countdown just to prove that he is the best. Yeah. Yeah. He's Pog. He's like, I've got 100 cryobots to defeat, therefore my number is 100. And then just fucking <clears throat> cuts them. through 100 of them. It's great. Yeah. Late epic pod. style. Like, the part one of this is like a five or a four, but then the part two is like an eight. And it's purely because of this fight sequence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do, um, like the morphing grid just changes your entire appearance, right? Like oh you're just God. you're you're just a ball of light. You turn into a, a humanoid ball of light figure that goes into I, the thing. Cause like yo, he like, gets like a foot shorter. He gets a foot shorter, and his snout like collapses in on itself. Yeah, he would not be able to breathe in that helmet. He becomes a short nosed dog. 
Yeah. Which, speaking of, he probably should have been a short-nosed dog. Yeah. And they should have just went for the furry, like the the 50% furry approach versus the 70% furry approach. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's that sliding scale. Kruger looks okay, but Isinia looks like some people got the original Kruger costume and then were told they needed to recreate it to the best of their ability, but just, like, could not do it. I don't think it's that bad, but, but, (laughs) here's my problem. They gave him human hands and human feet. Yeah. So, like, it might be a little bit, like, weird, but it's like, he has small hands. When he goes, SPD, emergency, it looks, like, so fucking weird. But his outfit is so cool when he's morphed. The ranger outfits are banging. Yeah, yeah. Like, the Shadow Ranger is just, oh, fuck. Off the chain. Very cool looking. Yeah, and A-teams, even the A-team stuff, when we finally get to appreciate it, I'm like, holy shit, it's great, too. Even yeah. though it's like a reuse of, like, that and laser tag armor. <laughs> it's cool, though. <laughs> it is, it is. At the end of the episode, he rescues Cat from General Banag, one of his old nemesis's. And uh, uh, Cat says, good job, doggy. Just Cat like has like a very interesting <laughs> scene, right? Because Doggy Kruger has to save her. And she's like, oh, doggy or whatever. Doesn't this doesn't the episode end with like them like going like, hey, let's uh, go to my office or something. It's not quite like that, but he definitely like carries her away in his arms and stuff. And like, it's clear that Doggy is fucking Cat. Yeah, there's like some <laughs> sexual tension between Cat and Doggy Kruger, and it was made very apparent this episode. It carries on too. It's not something that's just only like one episode. You can also tell by the way she reacts when question mark question mark question mark gets resolved later. Abandoned is the next episode. It's just Garbo. This is probably filler. This is the one where they're like, you know what? Doggy Kruger can take care of everything. Yeah. Yeah, that's filler. We could skip that. Yeah. It's just dumb. Because, like, Doggy's so passive-aggressive and shitty. Like, this entire episode could have been prevented by him having one conversation. But, you know, men would rather destroy part of the city than go to therapy, etc. Yeah, it's an own goal. Wired is the 14th and 15th two-parter. And this is pretty good. This is like, these are like eights. Yeah, we get into the triple hat, or right? Or at least sevens. Yeah, Wired and the, the, the three episodes that happen after are actually really good. Um, Wired, Wired is like, maybe more like a seven, but like, it's pretty... It's a pretty good concept, and the main problem is just that not all of the acting hits, I think. Part one more so than part two. Part two hits way harder. Yeah. Um, The problem is, though, we couldn't really talk about it for best and worst because, like, it's a two-parter, and you kind of really do need to watch part one to truly understand part two. The previously on Power Rangers doesn't really work too well here. No, it wouldn't have covered it. It's also, like, it wasn't quite as good as the ones we picked for best, but it definitely could have been in the running almost, you know? It was interesting. It, 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 it was almost a little like a, 
like a Star Trek or X-Files thing, because the whole thing revolves around this, uh, uh, this new uh, SPD cadet, Sophie, who Bridge makes friends with right away, but he's a little suspicious of her because she won't let him read her aura. He's like, you know, maybe she just wants her privacy, but also, like, if you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to hide. <laughs> I don't know. It's, yeah, but, so he's trying to, like, figure out what's, what's up with her. It turns out Sophie is a cyborg. What? What? She looks like a human, but actually she's not. Yeah. And so there's this concern about, especially after the whole thing with Drew, can we trust this cyborg who just showed up here asking for a job? What's the deal? Um, <clears throat> you can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this ends with uh, one important thing also, which is that Grum is fed up with Mora, who's been failing him. And he's like, I said I'd take away your powers. And he turns her into her true form, Morgana, an adult. And she's hot. She's smoking. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. She's <laughs> she is so fucking hot. This is... Well, get in this. I'm not getting this right now. Anyway, um, Boom <laughs> is the next episode. <laughs> which is... Uh, Boom wishes he was an episode. <laughs> <laughs> he really wishes he got an episode of his own. He becomes the Orange Ranger, number nine. Why, why nine? No one knows. Because he's cool. <laughs> this is kind of a fun episode, but it is all a dream. <laughs> Um, like all the cool parts of this episode are basically like a dream and like Boom keeps like thinking that like he's the orange range in real life too kind of but like it never works out he also causes the problem that they have to fix yes again like a just a consistent issue with this show yeah there's also a B plot where Morgana is trying to get turned back into Mora. She really doesn't like being an adult, which that's kind of weird. It's weird. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, isn't every kid's dream to be an adult? But I guess she's like, I don't like the way I look 20 years later and I want to change that maybe. I don't know. It's really weird. She just wants to be a petulant child, but like she is an adult. She knows what she's doing. She doesn't want to, to see the consequences of her actions. She'd rather just be uh, a little kid in her room drawing pictures. Yeah. Whereas when she's an adult, she has to get all up in there, you know? So Boom barely saves the day from the problem he solved. He tries to resign, but Kruger says, listen, I'm not going to take your resignation. However, Boom also has to confess to his parents that he's not a Power Ranger because apparently he's been lying to them. Like one of those situations where you're like, yes, I'm in college. I promise I'm in college in this faraway city, Mom. I'm definitely not just like living with my boyfriend and <laughs> like fucking around. <laughs> like that's been Boom's life apparently, which is, just makes his existence even sadder, honestly. 
Yeah, but I mean, he still works for the SPD. <clears throat> so he could just say, yeah, I mean, like, I technically still do work the SPD. Yeah, and he does redeem it a little bit because he's like, at the end, he's like, hey, look, I'm, I'm developing cool technologies here. And his parents are like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like, rightfully so. For, for cops. Yeah. <laughs> his, parents, his parents clearly don't care about that part. <laughs> Recognition recovered in the best and worst. Maybe I'm prejudiced? Yeah, Sky has to face his own prejudices as he becomes an alien for the day. Yeah, Sky kind of takes a double L, right? Because, like, outside of this. Outside of this uh, boom episode, prior to that, he was getting hit with like, yo, dog, like you're not being tolerant to other people who might be different than you in the previous episode with Wired. And so now you have this one where Sky yet again is like, holy shit, like our prison systems like truly fucked up, <laughs> but I have no power in changing it, but I will show some remorse. <laughs> yeah. Which I guess is better than gloating about, you know, sticking you in a card, right? It's definitely better. Yeah, definitely better. So next up is Samurai. Samurai is almost filler, but it's kind of pog. And also, I think this is when we learn the name of the city. Yeah, this is when they're like, New Tech City. And we're yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> we're just like, what the fuck? We're, we're 18 episodes in and you just suddenly name the place where you are? <laughs> yeah, it's fucked. <laughs> uh, realistically, um, this would be filler. The only reason why I included it is because at the end of the episode, they were saying that Kruger got an ingredient that they were keeping at their warehouses or something that were guard that was guarded by the base. It also kind of explains why the base doesn't just join every Zord fight. Cause then they're kind of leaving like a lot of resources unprotected apparently. And I'm just like, I'm sure you can come up with a solution for that, but I digress, you know, that's, that's the way their things are. So it explains that away. Yeah, It does explain a handful of small things, but it's all kind of, uh, It's relatively fillerish, but it is fun. Basically, like Jack wants this thing called this the Shadow Saber, and he's been training with Kruger a lot. And Kruger keeps beating him, and he's like, oh, "I wish I had that Shadow Saber. That would be so pog. I could beat anything." And then this monster called Katana shows up, who, uh, what do you know, into sword fighting. Um. There's this whole long saga of them trying to beat Katana, and it becomes clear that, like, Jack needs to beat Katana in a sword battle, and that he needs that Shadow Saber, that fucking Shadow Saber, so if Kruger gives him the Shadow Saber, the one thing that can beat Katana, and Jack defeats him, but then, oh, Kruger trolled you, dude, he just gave you a regular sword! You beat him with a regular sword! It's kind of fun. <laughs> it's okay. I, I didn't. I didn't particularly like this episode too much, just because of how filler it felt. I guess it might you know? not be better than a six, but uh, I will say there is a very interesting <laughs> moment to dissect here, uh, where Jack 
is facing off against a samurai who is very anti-imperialist. And mm -hmm. Jack has a conversation with him and is trying to convince him that imperialism is okay because you get protection. Yeah. That's why I was kind of hoping that we could discount this episode as a filler episode, but we really can't. Also, it plays into the next episode, which is... This is kind of a two-parter. Yeah, it's like a little bit, bit of a soft two-parter. Uh, so, this guy Birdie shows up and relieves Doggy of duty. And it's like, listen, your rangers aren't impressive. Your shit here is not going well. He's just being an edgy contrarian. Yeah. Kruger says yes, Birdie says no, and Birdie is just flexing the fact that he outranks Kruger. Yeah. It's a little like uh it's a little like that one episode from Lightspeed where the other general shows up. Yeah, which makes it pretty good, right? It's interesting. It definitely has like interesting politics and stuff going on. <clears throat> Gives you a little bit of a sense of like the idea that the SPD is bigger than just this building, just this group, you know, etc. Which I think was much needed. Yeah, so, it was good uh, world building. Yeah, there's a lot of good world building. Um, <clears throat> and also, I think Kruger kind of needed someone like Birdie to show up. And, like, be the grumpy contrarian with him for a change. Because Kruger's always, like, the passive-aggressive grumpy guy around the office all the time. And then this dude that outranks him comes in and is like, I can be so much nastier than you, bro. <laughs> yeah. I think Kruger needed that. Yeah. But, of course, at the end, uh, <clears throat> you know, they kind of see eye to eye. Uh, Supreme Commander Birdie reluctantly kind of sees Kruger save the day, even when he had failed. And yeah, uh, Birdie got his ass whooped yeah, by Grom, stomped on. Yeah, and like the thing is, is that Grom would like appeared on Earth on his like ATV that he newly formed with the uh, some of the materials that he stole from the previous episode, but he treats it like a video game boss fight, you know. Almost like a Dark Soulsy type thing where you just see the health bar go up and he's on his ATV and he's like going around the fucking arena and shit. And there's yeah. like fucking like ramps and shit. Like it just feels like a stunt scene, you know? It's, it's wild. Yeah. It some really like in some ways just baffling. I think it honestly dragged the episode down because there was so much of it. You know, like this episode could have been like a seven or an eight. And I think it really slid down to like a five or a six. Yeah, we needed way less of some of this. Honestly, there, like there's we, no we stakes, have, right? We could have literally like, just had more of Birdie and Kruger fighting at the base and less of this. And it would have been a better episode. Well, the thing is, is right. It's like Birdie lived. And not only did Birdie live, but uh, for, I, lo I loved it when Birdie got his shit rocked. That was fucking great. Like, active, like, he thought he was so hot shit that he could take them. And he was like, yeah. even though I'm 50 years old, I could still whoop any of these 20-year-old asses in the fucking battlefield or whatever. Nope, wrong. Wrong. Yeah. Just immediately, like, ate shit. Like, I appreciated that. But uh, then when it came down to Doggy versus Grom, like, <laughs> it was just a lot of, like, 
Kruger's got an ATV now, like in fucking Dino Thunder, dude. And they're like fucking, you know, doing laps around the ring. And then like passively shooting at each other for show. Yeah, it's very lazy. It was almost like watching like monster trucks, but like without the the realism to it, right? Where like even though it is a performance, it's still live. Like it was like filmed live, you know? Whereas this is like, oh, they got the fucking slow-mo effects. What? It was an abuse. This this episode also it adds more credence to the theory that Cat and Doggy are sleeping together. Because it's clear that when Birdie shows up, Doggy pulls Cat aside and says, hey, we have to cut this out. Yeah. Our relationship is against the rules. <laughs> and then at the end of the episode, Doggy like throws B Squad out of the command center, and then it's just <laughs> Cougar and Cat in the room, and they're like, ah, it's good to have things back the way they were. And they just like walk off together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, next up they're was. Fi- they're fighting like cats and dogs. <laughs> Next up was uh, Perspective, which we covered in Best and Worst. Very fun. One of the funniest Power Rangers episodes we've had in several seasons. Honestly, even, I would say, as much as I love Ninja Storm, funnier than anything in Ninja Storm. For real. Yeah, I was dying in this episode. Just cracking up. Um, After that is uh, Messenger, the two-part episode that introduces the Omega Ranger. So, this is creepy, right? What do you mean? Z was all, like, acted like she was altruistically saving Sam, but then she's horny for future Sam. Is she? I mean, in the finale, when Sam goes back to his time, Z's like, I'll see you in 20 years, and he's like, I'll wait for you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, Fuck. This I is a about that. this is a Padme Anakin situation. Yeah. So Omega Ranger, the ball of light that's been popping up in a couple of episodes, uh turns out to be Sam from the future coming down to the present time of 2025 to help out the SPD Rangers with nigh impossible like I guess battles, right? Yeah. Uh, and it was kind of like a plot reason as to why the Rangers won certain fights that it looked like they were going to lose. And so it's revealed to be the Omega Ranger who pops in and at first doesn't reveal his identity or anything. Um, this, I think, gets revealed towards the end of the two-parter. But like when he gets introduced and they ask him who he is and he doesn't reveal it, the same flute sound that happened <laughs> during the Sam episode when Sam was acting weird uh, happens in this one. And I'm like, no. Yeah. No. On the upside, Morgana puts on her battle armor. So fucking hot. Somehow makes her hotter. I'm just going to say that the basic idea of these episodes is that they get a distress message from the future and they say that uh, the Trubians are going to invade Earth today. Like, the day that they get the message. Uh, And so that's like the 
it's like a whole big two-parter with the Trubians invading. That's what's going on. Yo, Morgana, when she was facing off against Z by herself, and she, and like, <laughs> something happened in those voice. That was such a sexually charged scene for no reason. Because, like, Morgana was, like, toying with her. And, like, not in, like, a, like, a, I'm constantly attacking you and you're just, like, fucking dying in front of me. It's more like I'm, like, pushing you around and throwing you against the tree and grabbing you <laughs> by you're the waist. Your grabbing your hips. <laughs> like oh my god it was wild this is a weirdly queer coded season yeah it was just crazy and also crazy horny all the time like they could have that should have just been the whole (laughs) two-parter Do you even remember anything else about it? Not hardly. Admit it. <laughs> There's just one scene in your uh, mind. Piggy. Piggy, <laughs> I think this is when Piggy and Grom started working together, right? Uh, they've been working together before this. I think this is when Grom, I think, started like calling in favors from Piggy, though. Well, this is around the time also that the Rangers are driving Piggy crazy, and Piggy is completely justified in whatever he does. Because Piggy oh, is yeah. trying to run... A legitimate business by this point like he is trying to get out of the crime stuff and the rangers literally just like ruin his business every day yeah like they'll go to his establishment and like his clientele is all like yo what the fuck Th- these are people who control like many nukes come on yeah, the cops are here we're out peace yeah, like the cops are just known for their police brutality that like anytime they're around civilians, everyone's evacuating. Like even in the scenes where they're out in the streets and they're walking as SPD officers, no one is in within like six feet of them. You they basically the have to approach people like straight up. You cross the street when you see the SPD coming. Yeah. Is there, is there anything else you want to say about these episodes? There's a lot of fighting. I liked it. I liked the fighting in this episode. Yeah, these are fine. Uh, I think the I think Omega Ranger him getting his ass whooped at the end, and then Jack's like, "Yeah, it's not just tech that like you know makes you powerful enough to beat these villains. It's it's your heart and spirit." And I'm like, I mean, shouldn't tech be like 15 years from now be like crazy good? Because, like, think, like, the tech jumped from, like, 2000 to 2015. Yeah. Especially in warfare. So it just seems like that's kind of not true. But, you know, they had... Essentially, like, the Omega Ranger is five of them in one. In terms of power level. Yeah. But, hey, you know, I thought the fight scenes were really cool. I think the big problem is that the Zord fights aren't good this season. Again, not that they've been good for a good amount. I think Ninja Storm, they were good, but uh, they're pretty good in Ninja Storm overall. They were, but it's been really spotty. Spotty. Um, they're really spotty here. The Zord fights are really, really. Yeah, I think this one was pretty okay, in particular. 
Um, but the bigger issue is that I think up until the end of the season, I would think uh, they don't get a good looking Zord. Even when the base transforms into a Megazord, it doesn't look cool. You know, uh, the main Zord has too many sirens on it to make it look good. So it's kind of just like meh. But in this one in particular, I think it, it was one of the highlights. So I, I got to give mention there. Also, like Omega Ranger, if you like him in Ranger form, good, because that's what you're getting for the rest of the season. And that's good. It's for the best. Yes, actually. <laughs> it's just definitely for the best. Yeah. Next up is Zapped. This one is borderline filler. This is the one where, like, the Rangers get jealous because Kruger's favoriting Sam a lot. Which is really ironic considering Kruger taught them not to do this. It's a lot of own goals because this is another one where, like, because the Rangers were jealous, they caused the problem. Yeah. But also, Kruger taught them not to do this. And now he's doing it. Yeah. It's, it's not filler because it has the Delta Max Megazord, which is combined with the Delta Squad Megazord and the Omega Max Megazord. <sighs> okay. Fine. Fine. Um, so there's this magician who's down on his luck. His name's Mysticon. I know you don't like this episode because of this, but the the one, we don't really have to get into it. Morgana essentially is like working with this magician who uh, has a means of uh, using magic. And Morgana's like, hey, if you help me, I'll help you essentially. And she does like a devil's bargain. And now he has to get pitted against the SPD. And, you know, it features, like, the Rangers trying to do stealth investigation work, but they suck at it because they're cops, not investigators. Yeah. However, when they go to capture him, so everybody keeps saying, oh, you know, politics isn't supposed to be a thing a kid's show. You know, it's not the case. It wasn't like that. Whatever, whatever, whatever. When they go to arrest the magician, um, first of all, like, the auto verdict system of the future is fucked. And there's always this scene yeah. where like the entire show goes black. The entire background background goes black. And uh it's the Rangers and they're doing a containment on them. And it's essentially like this jutsu uh from like Naruto, where like you have to come into icon like the, the auto verdict system has like a, a range, like a cone range, you know. It's within like 15 feet of distance and that's how it works, right? And it pauses you in your tracks and it has like a certain like amount of strength in it. Basically, and you know, they do the whole Pokemon thing where like they, they, they do the shooty shoot thing until the, the Pokemon gets to one HP and then captures them with the auto convict system. You could totally do Pokemon SPD ROM hack now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> oh. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> so the magician while the verdict's going on on screen the magician's like wait I can be reformed I've been reformed many of times please don't do this and then the they're like no and they convict him and then turn him into a card Yeah. what is the message that you're supposed to get out of that the message you're supposed to get out of that is oh reform doesn't work 
We need to con- we need to put them in prison. We need to keep them there. Yeah. When clearly Mysticon needed social services. Yeah. And it was clear that he was being exploited by Morgana, right? Yes, Morgana was exploiting him because of his desperation. A desperation that could have been solved by social services. This is a lot like how a lot of people end up in crime in general. Yeah. There are people above their heads that are actually like some of them actually quite immoral that run criminal organizations. But then most of the people down the ladder are just trying to get by to some extent. And yeah. they're being manipulated by these people at the top who are just like the millionaires and billionaires of any other company. You know, a, a, a cartel boss and a CEO are just literally the same. Those, those people at the top are exploiting everyone underneath them to, to become massively rich and live fabulously wealthy lifestyles. Um, those people at the bottom, a lot of them would never even consider you know, taking that baggie of cocaine and selling it on the street, except that they're so desperate. If you told them your housing is set, your food guaranteed, the power stays on, you got internet, etc., those people would never be desperate enough to accept that kind of offer. And that's the situation that Mysticon is in. Very it's a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good episode, but it's it's very politically grim, even by the standards of this season. And this uh, is next- 2025. This is the future. We're supposed to be optimistic. <laughs> I guess. Um, next up, we have Reflections. Or yes. Reflection, sorry. Just Reflection. My bad. Yeah, hmm. so this sees basically... Uh, the main thing about this is that it features uh, the appearance of... The Red Ranger's Battleizer. Yep. And, and Sky gets Sky's, to be the Red Ranger for a minute. Yeah, Sky gets to be the Red Ranger for a minute. So um, that's really cool. I enjoyed this two-parter, even though it was another example of an own goal. And we'll, we'll get into that in the recap. So in part one, the Rangers are encountering past enemies, all of whom are still in custody. Kruger sends Sky to a prison where an inmate may know who's really behind the attacks. Sky barters for the information, and then after the Rangers capture the culprit, Sky fulfills his end of the bargain and is tricked into helping the prisoner escape. So this prisoner, Murloc, he's Reflections guy. So basically, he's like the ultimate trickster in that he can just teleport via Reflection. Yeah. And the way... Sky like that gets one JoJo character part three. Yeah, he gets so the way that Murloc gets out of this situation, Sky makes sure to not bring anything reflective on him, and then Murloc is like, "Listen, the only thing I'm gonna ask for is a sad story." And here's my thing: Sky didn't have to uphold his bargain at all. Sky holds all the power in this situation. Yeah. This is completely like some like I need to get the guilt off my conscience to someone whose superpower is teleporting through reflections. Yeah, it doesn't 
doesn't make a lot of sense. And I guess it's supposed to, in some ways, reflect upon the fact that, like, Sky is a little less harsh than he used to be. But then, like, what's the lesson from that? The lesson is him softening up was bad. Yeah. So Murloc asks him for a sad story. And Sky tells him his dealing with his father's death or whatever. And then Murloc's like, <laughs> that is by far the saddest story I've ever heard from a pathetic human being such as yourself. This guy's like, what? What? What did you just say? <laughs> and, and the tear starts falling down his cheek and he's like, ah, and then gets on his cheek and dis. Uh, Uses the tear to teleport. Cool villain. Yeah. that That's a sick scene. Yeah. Like, that's like some fucking Silence of the Lambs type shit. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, of course, Sky is mad when he faces off against Murloc. No one else can really help him. And Jack ends up telling him, hey, be the Red Ranger today. You've earned it. You get to do the verdict this time, homie. I give you permission. It's only right. Yeah. Once again, Jack is determined to squash the beef because it's easier for him this way. Jack Wait. knows that all he has to do is let Sky be the Red Ranger for 10 minutes, say some shit about his father, and Sky will be like, damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, this is the one where... Um, Sky at the end. This is kind of cringe when you really think about it. Sky give like Jack's like your dad would be proud, and Sky gives him back the morpher. And Jack's like, how did it feel to be the Red Ranger? And Sky was like, it was awesome, but you know, heroes come in all colors. Pride Month, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that was the Pride episode. Yeah, inclusivity. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh he's like i now he was basically like you know what i now take pride in being a blue ranger to be fair sky is the dumbest blue ranger right you know he's gotta be up there but we have had a couple of other kind of dumb blue rangers i have to think about this at least a little <laughs> I can't think of a dumber Blue Ranger, to be honest. <laughs> he's, pretty, he's, pretty, he's pretty stupid. Oh, Justin. But Justin's oh. a fucking kid. Yeah, but Justin... That's not an excuse. Justin would be... He's going to be dumb as an adult, too. You can just tell. <laughs> 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 that, that kid is not absorbing the kind of deep wisdom that will prevent him from continuing to be a fool all his life. SWAT! <laughs> is the two-parter that comes next. And this is when the Rangers get full permission to do police violence. SPD! Emergency! We're coming in! Yeah. Grum pressures Piggy into making good on his promise to be evil. When Z and Cat come to him for a part needed to aid in the creation of a new armor upgrade... He enlists the aid of his two evil alien pals, Stench and Thresher, to plant a virus in it. 
allowing them access to SPD's computers. The criminals use the armor tech to give themselves a power boost, which spells trouble for the B-Squad. But the Rangers have bigger problems. Namely, their in-team bickering has increased to an all-time high. Before they can get the SWAT mode needed to defeat the pair, they'll have to earn it by going through boot camp on another planet. So, another own goal by sending them to another fucking planet while the planet is currently... Their current planet, Earth, is currently in danger. Yeah. In real and present danger. Like, realistically, I could have just locked you in, like, a fucking room for eight hours and gotten the same progress that they made, right? Yeah. I mean... The whole thing is ridiculous. First of all, this doesn't feel like a sensible plot for this point in the season. Aliens can go through computers and get deleted. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting a headache. <laughs> I like I actually like I actually like the shark the shark enemy. Oh, what was it? Uh Thresher? Thresher, yeah. Yeah, Thresher actually looked really cool in my opinion. He was kind of like a, a Sonic the Hedgehog type character almost. They both kind of they both kind of looked cool actually. Stench looked cool too. Yeah. So pushed to their physical and emotional limits by Sergeant Silverback's intense training course, the Rangers, demoted and relieved of their morphers, are forced to overcome their differences and faults to fully view themselves as a team. If they can pull their team back together, they'll finally wield the power of SWAT. Meanwhile, Shadow and Omega Ranger find the armored foes of Stench and Thresher to be more than powerful adversaries. Also, Piggy finds his allegiances pulled in various directions. What do you think about the SWAT powers? The SWAT powers are kind of cool, although they don't look as cool as A-Squad. Yeah, they should have made it more laser taggy versus like military or not even military, like police police fest you see now, which is yeah. saying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? No, yeah, yeah. Like it should have looked less like a bulletproof vest than more like a laser tag vest, you know? I, I just think they should have just looked more like a squad in general when they went into SWAT mode. Like, I just kind of assumed that's what was going to happen because I assumed that's basically what we were seeing a squad in. Uh, also, I, I don't think we mentioned this, but what did you think about Red Ranger's Battleizer? Um, I thought the Battleizer was not the best Battleizer we've seen, but pretty good. Just a little Dragon Ball Z. And I do mean that as a compliment. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> He gets, like, a lightsaber, and it's really cool. And then his, like, second mode is also really good. It seems like a further variation from, like... It, it almost seems like the better version of the Ninja Storm one. Yeah, I think the only thing that makes it cringe to me is, like, the red and blue police light motif. Eh, whatever. <laughs> you know that was going to be a thing. Yeah. When you turn on the TV and you put on Power Rangers SPD and you see a, a red and blue siren on, on a battleizer design, you go, okay, yeah, I know. I figured. Yeah. yeah. These episodes are just mostly frustrating because, like you say, it's own goals. It's, it's, uh, it's, there's so much this season. It's, 
It's a lot like the real police. They're just making up a problem and then pretending they need to solve it and spending a bunch of money and wasting a bunch of time and fucking a bunch of shit up. Yeah. Next up, we have Robot Palooza. <laughs> this was kind of... I actually kind of like this one. Yeah, Bridge is, Bridge is pretty sweet in this one. So Bridge is having these like weird, like prophetic-seeming dreams about like a big battle. He's like trying to like figure out like is is this something that's actually gonna happen or something? And then it sort of starts to seem like maybe it's gonna become real when Grum and Broodwing just start like just bombarding them with evil robots and just like wearing the Rangers down as like they try to like fight so many evil robots one after the other in their Megazord. And it's not enough. They need a new Zord. So, you guessed it. They get a new Zord. It's the SWAT Zord. Yeah. I like yeah. the SWAT Zord, okay? <laughs> the SWAT Zord, I think, is actually really cool. I do think it's pretty funny that, like, they had to make the SWAT Zord gangster by having it shoot sideways. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of that going on, though. There's a lot of that going on. Like, the, the main Megazord also has this weird, like, rolling, shooting thing it does and, like, holds the gun weird sometimes. I don't... It's all weird. <laughs> <laughs> Bridge's dreams turn out to be reality. He kind of is able to solve the mystery a little bit. and Bridge uh, is like Charles Xavier, right? Like, of... Bridge is, like, stupidly overpowered as a human being. Yeah, kind of. Because, like... By this point of the season, he can already read a person's thoughts if he wanted to. He can see people's auras, which dictate, like, I guess their emotional state, but also, like, if they are who they say they are. He's, unlike the other characters with their powers, he's definitely restricting his powers for the sake of everyone else around him. Like, no one else has to do that. I have to hide my power level. <laughs> I think he's just more or less like his psychic powers. He just hasn't thought of how to like use them in particular. And what he's doing now is that, well, like I'm the police. So like I could use it in any way I want to essentially. So what can I do? Yeah. Bridge is definitely like when you scan the power levels of all the Rangers, like they're all in like, the like low tens of thousands and you're like oh it's not bad and then you scan bridge and it's like 600 and you're like what is that right <laughs> i guess maybe he's just the weak one i don't know and then you start battling him and he's like haha i concealed my power level it's a million <laughs> and then he just murders you in cold blood <laughs> <laughs> this is also like we're getting close-ish although we still have about 10 episodes to go here, right? Because this is 20... Yeah, it's 28. Exactly 10 to go. We're getting closest to the end, and this is... Like, Grum is uh, ramping up his attacks, and Kruger comments on this. Like, the intensity is coming, is going up, you know? Like, we're, we're, things are getting a lot more serious. Yeah. So the <laughs> next episode is Catastrophe, and, you know, you've been waiting for it. We've all been waiting for it. All been waiting for this moment. We've wanted Kat to don the Kate Beckinsale outfit. 
from Underworld and be a Power Ranger. And boy, did we get it. If for one fleeting one hour of, of fun. Yeah. Um, it's really too bad that this is the only appearance. Because this is, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> that said, some of the episodes of the themes were a little weird. Cats offered like a high level position. So remember Birdie? He came from somewhere, right? Like there's obviously like there's a command center that's higher level than this place that Kruger runs on Earth. And Katz offered a job at the Pentagon with Birdie and all of them, all the top level people. Katz a little unsure of what she wants to do and also everyone else is a little unsure about it. Um, but also the Rangers are kind of like, well, we don't want Kat to feel like, oh, we just need her. She can't take this better job and all this stuff. <clears throat> uh, and uh, meanwhile, there's this guy, Mooney, who was a classmate of Kat's. And he's like watching everything and scheming and is like behind some of this stuff. Kat finally decides that she's going to take the job. You know, she gets to the command center, and it's like, it's a lot of meetings, and new staff under her, and, you know, just like, the kind of bureaucracy that you would expect when you get to the top level of something like this. Kat's, like, kind of okay with this, but also she's kind of like, she kind of tells, you know, the Birdie that she's like, she's like, I, I like being in the field and stuff, and like, getting my hands dirty. And Birdie's like, you work at the command office now. <laughs> there, there is no dirt in this building. <laughs> Boom is trying to run the lab back home. And Kat can kind of tell this isn't going well. The Rangers are doing their best uh, to handle things. But uh, it's rough. Uh, Mooney is also up to stuff and he sends a robot to the city the rangers have to try to go deal with it cat figures this out and asks birdie she's like listen i know that like field work is supposedly behind me but i know mooney can i be the one to try to talk him down and birdie's like yeah i guess that makes sense but you've got one hour there's this whole thing with like am i remembering this right mooney basically has like a bomb or yes. something or like a biological he, he put like weapon. a bomb he put like a bomb in a in a zord or not in a zord but like you know mm -hmm. in an enemy zord yeah so he has like this bomb and cat like is trying to like disarm it and all this stuff and this is when like when she goes out to do this this is when we get cat ranger yeah so when cat fights she does like this like hissing she hisses a lot. She hisses a lot. She does uh, the the underworld fighting kung fu martial arts type shit, you know? Yeah, like crane stance, crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Kind of. Yeah. Like, think about action movies that were really popular in 2003. <laughs> and now it's 2005 and Power Rangers is ripping them off. Yeah, basically that. She finally morphs into the cat, um, the orange ranger. But here's the thing, like, so the cat ranger is pretty pogged, right? So she goes and yeah. defeats uh, the enemies, and uh, she it has this cool sort tell. of, like, 
yeah, she she she's very acrobatic with her moves. And it's really fun to watch. She also has these missiles that uh come out of her it's like a chest piece. Yeah. Yeah. She could like spread her arms and it'll activate like a missile system. That was really cool as well. And then the episode ends with Bridge going to Cat and saying, That was so cool that we had a disposable one hour morpher. Yep. And I'm like, wow. They did them <laughs> dirty. But this is interesting because this builds on the implication that morphers this season create a set of powers tailored to you somewhat. Or at least the possibility of morphers like that exists. Because they suggested that this was the case with Doggy. Now it's confirmed with Cat. This one hour morpher created a set of powers specifically modeled after and suited for her. This actually has interesting morphing grid implications. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's like it's an energy source, you know? So it's like however they invent the technology to to utilize that energy source. Cuz like they yes. must know that the grid only works with like biological beings, right? I wonder if just... Mystic Force is going to get into this. Mm, that'd be interesting. Magical maybe, source, maybe Mystic we'll Force. Magical source. <laughs> uh, in the end, Cat decides to come back to the the base. The old yeah, so Cat <laughs> so Cat decides to finally come back to the base because everybody was complaining that Boom's uh, Zords were uh, creaky and not well lubed, and uh, it was causing battle performance issues. And they're like, Cat, please, we can't deal with this. And Kat was like, you know what? I did make this job to, to where I could be irreplaceable. Yeah, sure, I'll come back. Yeah. It all ends with, oh, boom, blew up the lab. Haha, <laughs> that's the end. Okay. Um, next up is missing. Um, Bridge goes missing. The Rangers gotta save Bridge. He's missing. Where's yeah, Bridge? Yeah, this is... I thought that this, this was a filler. filler. This, yeah, like there's nothing that's really introduced here, but it kind of it's in it's a character development episode for the relationship of Bridge and everybody else, where they're like, Bridge, we understand you now, and it basically took like Bridge getting kidnapped and potentially getting crushed uh, by a saw-like invention. <laughs> For them to be like, Bridge, we understand the way you talk now. Yeah. I like it. It's not filler. Because right, pretty much can, after... We can leave in the Saw episode. Yeah, because pretty <laughs> much after this episode, they all treat Bridge a lot better, too. It's true. It does, it does affect the way they treat Bridge, which is important. Um, next up is history. This is filler, right? Yeah, so the Dino Thunder... Hot take, the Dino Thunder uh, crossover is filler. Hotter uh, take, Dino Thunder is filler. No. Just skip Dino Thunder. You can't. <laughs> Tommy, as a, Tommy as Black Ranger uh, plays a role in a future thing, unfortunately. <laughs> Damn it. But history is filler. So let's move on. 
Yes, uh, history is filler. So the reason why is that the Dino Thunder team, uh, they're basically like, hey, we haven't hung out since we graduated because we're not friends, but you were my fighting buddy. Haha, <laughs> we're at the one-year <clears throat> class reunion. And Ethan is already like making boatloads of money. Connor's trying to start up a sunker camp. And uh, turns out that Kira didn't get the record contract from that one producer at all, and she went to New York. Which is very sad because I know so like I know people who do that. Yeah. Who like went to New York City to pursue that dream and go to like theater school to be on Broadway and stuff. And I'm like, you're training for like there's like five hundred people in this school and there's only like twenty positions available. And and to turn down a guaranteed contract for that kind of artist struggle is like the goofiest thing ever. Yeah completely ridiculous also the other reason why these episodes are not canon in my opinion is because grum or sorry not grum uh kruger erases everyone's memory yeah this isn't really yeah so like they erase the memory of they erase the memory of the kids also like trent's not in this tommy's not in this the way this ends they go back to prom they're like oh that was weird uh Maybe we'll see Tommy Oliver in there. And I'm like, man, fuck you. Fuck you. Uh, but also, yeah, Trent's not in it either. Um, and then they erase the memories Mission Impossible style. And then the second time around, the, the other one that I think is like episode 34 or something. The other one is filler because they also erase the memory. At first, I was like, that's not filler. But then the end of it is uh, the end of the second crossover episode. They erase the memories of the SPD Rangers, too. Everyone involved. Yep. Yeah. And Kruger. And then on top of this, Tommy, who's in the Black Ranger outfit, but it's not Tommy. Uh, Kruger goes, Black Ranger. Nice to meet you. And he's like, yeah, same here. But like they never once say, Tommy, holy fuck, Tommy. The oldest living ranger. Holy fuck. They don't even mention his fucking name in the second one, but at least they have Trent in there. But yeah, no, they just erase everybody for some reason. It doesn't happen. I think it takes place. I, I was trying to like remember when it takes place in terms of the timeline. Because Keltrax is still around. Zeltrax, sorry. Yeah, no, they, they go back in time. It's a whole weird thing. It's just unnecessary. Let's move on. It's filler. Um, yeah, it's like Persona Q, you know? Yeah. Something like that. Dream, you put Dream Drop Distance in the Dream Drop Bucket. Dream Drop um, Distance is a great game on the 3DS. I'll have you know. Uh, Impact is the next episode. It marks it makes- the final appearance of the Delta Max Megazord. Which, I don't think we ever really talked about the Delta Max Megazord. We did just so, a little bit. So the Delta Max Megazord turns into a fucking gun. Yeah. Like, like Megatron 1980s style gun. And what they do is, is that they send enemies into space and they blast them there. Where there's no laws to protect them. Yeah. I thought I was going to have to shoot this cat. Okay. Um, so, in this episode, uh, Bring w- Broodwing's associate, Professor Cerebros, 
alters the trajectory of a meteor. It's a meteor Meanwhile episode. Yes. Meanwhile, as Jack and Sky begin to learn how to work together, the Power Rangers find themselves up against the more powerful Dragul. And uh, this is basically like suicidal ideation of like trying to get the fuck out of SPD in their lives. They're like, I want to meet God, please, please. Because like they're all like everybody's like, you're not going to come back from this meteor mission. So like prepare yourself to die and be right with God and everything. And they're like, I will die for that SPD. <laughs> no, I want to die for the SPD. No, I want to die for the SPD. I will suck your dick. Don't fucking test me. <laughs> I love God more. No, I love God more. <laughs> <laughs> um, they literally just do Armageddon again. Yeah. And they think Jack might have died, but he didn't. Because there's no stakes this season. No, there's no L's to be had this season. They cannot take even one L. Nope. Not one. Um, badge is next. Wait, um, I, I will say well, one oh, last thing. Okay. Yeah. One last thing about Impact I want to say is that I do think Sky, I think now in this episode is when, like, when Jack comes back, Sky is all like, I respect the dog. Yeah, I thought you were dead. <laughs> Definitely, yes, I was actually like reverent when he thought Jack was dead. Yeah, and then the fact that like he didn't like scoff when Jack came back, like oh fuck, you know, it was actually like damn Jack, thank you so fucking much, dude, for everything. Yeah, yeah. So I thought I thought that that was pretty important. <laughs> that was significant. I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that you mention it, next up we have Badge. This guy. Ichthyor? Isn't that what I always pronounce? I suppose. I think. I can't remember now. Ich yeah, it's Ichthyor. Ichthyor? Yes, Ichthyor. Such a weird name. He was a member of the SPD. But he was killing too many people. But he was way too violent. So violent. Oh my god. And he was coming after Kruger's flame. Insinia. Yeah. Isinia! For Isinia! Ichthyor was macking on Kruger's lady, and Kruger couldn't have that, so he got him failed out of the academy. Yeah, uh, but this was like after uh, Ichthyor got fucking, uh, sorry, got his ass handed to him in a 1v1 samurai duel. Yeah. They did you the know, whole. They did the whole. We do the one slash thing, and one falls, and the other person's like a okay. So you know he's like, I'm gonna be a bad guy. I'm gonna join up with Broodwing. Uh, by this time, Broodwing and Grum are like barely speaking. Like Broodwing has pretty much just gone rogue. Yeah, and then That's like also worth noting, Grum Grum has been like very pissed off at Broodwing because. He's an independent contractor working for uh, Grum's uh, empire, so essentially a mercenary. And uh, Broodwing's like, you gotta keep paying me more and more money. Grum is like, I fucking hate capitalism, dog. Yeah. 
I'm making all this money and yet like and I'm paying this guy so much fucking money and yet he's still not getting it done. And he's supposed yeah. to be the best. Yeah. To an extent it's kind of justified, you know, <laughs> like <clears throat> Right? Because like Piggy Piggy's been the best lieutenant for uh Grom and all Grom had to do was basically like torture him for his loyalty. Yeah, a fraction of the cost. Yep. Doesn't have to pay him or anything. Whereas Broodwing, like, has been fucking up plots this whole time. Kruger learns at the end of this episode that Icinia is alive. Yes. Which is also important. I really like the fact that the Rangers got brutalized this episode. All of them got pretty fucked up. It was pretty much up to Kruger taking out Ichthyor 1v1 again for him to win and i really enjoyed that actually just as just to see the rangers like taste an l for once yeah because it really didn't seem like they were truly outclassed until this episode where they're like huh there's like actual kinks in the armor you know yeah insomnia is a flashback episode i like this, this episode it's filler it is probably filler it's filler yeah, but I kind of like it anyway. <laughs> this is another episode that confirms that Doggy and Cat are fucking. I mean, you can go ahead and explain. Because Doggy, Doggy says, listen, when I was fighting Ichthyr, he said Icenia was still alive. What do you think? Do you think it could be true? And Cat's like, no way. Uh, they, no, you should just continue being over her. yeah but a lot of it's just like them meeting up because they can't sleep and then they're all like hey remember that time that blah 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 that's so crazy but it's kind of cute and i kind of like the clip shows that they do on power rangers sometimes and occasionally the clip shows are canon but this one is not. only one only one speaking of non-canon Wormhole is also not canon. Yeah, that's the uh, Dino Thunder part two. Part two with Dino Thunder. Um, once again, as we mentioned before, everyone's memory gets erased at the end of this episode. How could this be canon? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are ways. There, to be fair, I, somebody might be out there thinking, well, there are ways. And yes, there are ways, but also, come on. Yeah. Um, Resurrection is the last episode before the end. Jack so, <laughs> reveals that he's been kind of spending some time away and we've been seeing some hints of this already, but like Jack really like he's got a girlfriend outside of work and he, he wants to quit. That's like this episode. Jack fucking loves pussy dog. Like this guy. Yeah. This guy will do anything. <laughs> He will do and he will do he will he will be patrolling down the streets and if he sees a hot chick, he don't give a fuck. Yep. He's like, I'm gonna try and get a number, we're gonna try and go out later tonight, let's go. Like that's Jack. He's obsessed, yeah. He just cannot stop. And to be honest with you, like this is episode 36, right? And Kruger is quite this is 36 out of 38. Kruger mm-hmm. is questioning Kruger's questioning uh Jack's loyalty to the SPD and I'm like 
You forcibly made him SPD. And then on top of this, Jack stands up for himself. Is like, I gave everything for this. Like, I essentially came back from the dead. And you're yeah. still, like, doubting me? And then, like, not to mention, they've been on high alert for, like, the past 48 hours, I think. Which attributed to them not being able to sleep as well. Their whole and it got me thinking about like the 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 relationship dynamics of the team. When you work this job, all you can do is be around other people who are SPD. You really don't have time for anything else. Yeah. And Jack's just like, I'm fucking tired of this, dude. I don't want to fucking do this anymore. And as the season progresses, like I think in the beginning when like the sheen of being Red Ranger starts to wear off, he just starts to be like, fuck it. I don't fucking care anymore. Like he'll hang out with Bridge and he'll he'll fuck around with Bridge or, you know, he might hook up with Sid here and there. Z, he doesn't talk to. Yeah, their friendship is ruined. Canonically. Yeah. Like since episode two, they're, they're, they don't talk. You know what? I'm going to actually go back and say insomnia might not be filler. Let me explain why. Because the major hinge of insomnia that causes them to do the clip show is that Kruger, they overhear Kruger being like, damn, if A-Squad was still here, I bet we would have finished all this up by now. And they're like, oh, what the fuck? And I think... That's actually pivotal to Jack deciding to quit. Because Kruger is a lying gaslighter. In this very episode, he gaslights everyone around him because he openly questions Jack's loyalty. And then later, after Jack proves beyond a possible shred of a doubt that he is loyal, Kat says, you made me want to rethink what you were saying about Jack earlier. And Kruger literally says his loyalty was never in question. He's yeah, gaslighting. A hundred percent. All right. Whatever. Ridiculous. All right. It'll be in. It'll it'll be non filler. I <laughs> we don't we have declare to it. So. <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. I get it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, he doesn't talk to Z, you know, so like all of these SPD Rangers, all they have is each other. And in this particular squad, like there's just nothing sky. I thought maybe there might be a relationship of some sort or like maybe like a friends with benefits type of thing with sky and, uh, and bridge. Because in the episode where Bridge couldn't sleep and it was just Bridge who couldn't sleep because he was having the psychic dreams, mm -hmm. um, he was being woken up and it was like in the middle of the room of the command room. And he was like, not now, Sky, just five more minutes. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> but uh, also Sky doesn't, I think it's kind of confirmed that Sky is gay. Uh because like outside of that uh Sky um never visits the women at all. Like it's kind of unheard of that Sky like goes to their room to ask them a question or whatever like they're really taken by surprise when Sky even enters their quarters. And then uh 
on top of that, the the episode where you know he has the the whole best friend thing, uh, and then we have uh, that bridge episode, and then we come into this, and I was thinking about all the the relationship dynamics with everybody. I'm just like, they're all frustrated. Like they must all be frustrated, right? And I'm not even talking like sexually. I'm talking like emotionally frustrated. Because they're constantly on high alert. Kruger is constantly like gaslighting them. Yeah. And and all of this shit. And then like there's such like huge incompatibilities with personalities on the team because it's a meritocracy up to a certain point. Like right with like three of the five Rangers, it's a meritocracy. Right. So it's like they don't account for the fact that these teams like actually need to get along from the get-go and they have to work from the get-go because their lives are on the line, right? So to speak. Yeah. So it's kind of a fucked situation. And, you know, I was saying it out loud when Kruger was like going against Jack and Jack was like responding back. Um, I was like, Jack's in the right here. And then like Kruger then like talks the cat about it. And Cat's like, yeah, no, Jack is in the right. And then Kruger just gaslights, as usual. Yeah. This, this is also, like, this ties into, like, the earlier B-Squad feeling betrayed by Kruger, because also when A-Squad shows up at the end of this episode, B-Squad is pretty cool about it. Like, they're pretty cool about A-Squad coming back. In fact, like, there's this whole scene where Z and Sid are super hyped up that there's a a woman red ranger and a squad and even jack like they're like jack's like a little surprised and they're like oh you got a problem with it jack jack's like no i think it's cool like they're all like yeah this is this is neat like red a squad seems cool you know like they're they're hype to meet a squad and to hang out with them and to work with them but kruger immediately makes it ugly by just stepping in and being like hey b squad uh you can like go clean the 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 uh, the bathrooms in the Megazord. There's like chamber pots under their seats in the Megazord just in case they have to like go, you know? Nah, it feeds the Morphin Grid. <laughs> and Kruger's like, like, go clean, go clean that stuff. <laughs> go, go, go sweep up, uh, go sweep up after Rick or something. And B Squad's like, um, what the fuck, dude? Like, do we even matter anymore? And Kruger's like, nah. And B-Squad just gets completely fucking demoralized. And then it immediately turns out that, oh, freshly returned A-Squad showing up mysteriously. Of course, they're traitors. And they capture Kruger at the end of the episode. Immediate betrayal by the A-Squad. And B-Squad has to go straight into the finale to deal with this. And Kruger has just been a fucking dick to them. Yeah. So the finale. It's a two-parter this time around, which I'm kind of grateful for. I'm glad it's not longer. Yeah. In fact, it should have been shorter, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, so part one. Uh, so the B-Squad SPD Rangers face the evil and far more experienced A-Squad SPD Rangers. And it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's Pog. Yeah, because like the A the the A squad rangers are really good. Like they, they fuck them up. Like there's this one scene where Sid is like, I'm gonna do a barrel roll in the fucking air and shit, and I'm gonna be all acrobatic and fuck and and like try and like 
get one over the the pink uh a squad ranger and then the pink the pink a squad ranger is like no i'm just gonna shoot you midair the the only way they're able to actually beat the a squad is by going into swap mode which at that point defeats the argument that this was ever an even fight because they should have started out with the swap mode because they overpowered the a squad rangers with swap mode and i'm like yeah it's obvious because like the computers built right like the android from wired helped build the swap mode yeah and like all this other stuff you know so like yeah of course you've got like a year's worth of updated technology on you of course you're gonna you're gonna be powerful it is pog when the rangers start to turn the tide on them though like the b squad rangers yeah that bridge bridge like straights up kills the green ranger yeah like he's just dead (laughs) <laughs> he took a he took a a a blast like straight to the chest and fell and I'm like oh yeah no he's dead yeah like his head like bounces against this car a couple of times and you're just like okay all right that's the end of that <laughs> 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 to make things even worse Broodwing his three generals and an army of crybots swarmed the Delta base taking over meanwhile now captive of Emperor Grum. Anubis Kruger encounters a familiar face from his past. It's Isinia. 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 So, I would say about halfway into, I would say about halfway into the part one of this finale, that I was pretty pog. It could have ended right there, like at around like the seventeen or eighteen minute mark. You could be like, all right, we save the day. Yeah, like around the time. Power Rangers SPD emergency. Broodwing. Just kind of felt like okay, sweet. That was that was pretty good. That was a a nice solid Power Rangers ending. But then, yeah, this should have been Broodwing should have been ended like an episode prior, and like Grum yeah, like an stretches legs. Two, an episode or two even. Like honestly, before even last episode, because like yeah. what, by the time A Squad came back, Broodwing should have been out of the picture. Yeah, and this is weird too because. Broodwing feels like the bigger threat, ultimately. Whereas Emperor Grum feels like a much smaller, more petty, personal kind of thing between him and Kruger. Broodwing feels like the actual threat. So when they defeat him, it kind of feels like, okay, I guess they need to go get Kruger off of Emperor Grum's ship or whatever. Um, So they meet up with Piggy, who says he can get them to Emperor Grum's ship, but he betrayed them. And they get captured as well, and the B-Squad get captured. At the beginning of part two, Grum's just like, actually, you know what? I'm just going to execute you guys. <laughs> but Piggy's there. He felt bad. There's a whole thing where Piggy questioned his life and a sign from above destroys his cafe, which is interesting, I guess. And Piggy is there and he saves them. And they go to face off with Grum. They fight some crybots and lieutenants and stuff. Also, Omni... The real, 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 real bad guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Apparently, Emperor Grum <clears throat> answers to this guy, Omni, also known as the Magnificence. 
we don't see a lot of him before this, which is part of why we didn't talk about it before now, because they just don't address this very well. Omni is the real, the real, real, real bad guy, and he reveals his final form down on the planet. And it's a huge CGI monster thing that isn't very cool. Okay. The Rangers have to go deal with that. Doggy says, I'll take care of things here on the ship. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> so the Rangers go to fight Omni. It's a heartless monster. Yeah. From like Kingdom Hearts 1, the one that destroyed Destiny Islands. Yeah. It's kind of what it looks like, honestly. <laughs> um, Omni's really strong, and they're not really able to do a lot against it. Doggy fights with Emperor Grum, and there's this whole part where Emperor Grum is dangling Isinia in a pit. Doggy does this like improbable series of like flips and kicks and things, and throws Isinia to safety, and he and Emperor Grum are suddenly dangling over the pit, and then Grum is like, I'm not doing another nickel. You'll never take me to prison. And just throws himself in the pit. Game over. Game over. We wish. Doggy's like, I can help you reveal the weakness of Omni from the inside because also that ship that they were on is part of Omni now. It's a whole thing. And uh, they're like, okay, but cats like Doggy, You'll probably die if you do this. Actually, she says you'll definitely die if you do this. And he's like, yeah, no, I don't care. So they shoot Omni in its left nipple, which is its weakness. And it dies. That's it. That's all they had to do, apparently. Also, Doggy and his wife live because there's no stakes. Even when they pretend that someone's going to die or something, it never happens. It's um, like five minutes of like, oh, there might be tension here. Nope. Nope. Then, everyone is celebrating their victory outside of the partially ruined SPD station. And what do you know? Emperor Grum shows up one more time. And he's like, Doggy, fight me. Fight me, Doggy. He has a suicidal like, ideation by police. Yeah. Doggy's like, yeah, okay. I'm going to beat you up. And then he beats up Emperor Grum and cuts off his other horn. Yeah, Grum was like, kill me. And... And uh, Kruger was like, nah, I'm just going to cut off your other horn and then imprison you in a card. And this is like the second time, because Piggy also has this contemplation. I think it was episode 30, I think. Somewhere around there, where Piggy has this contemplation where he's like, I don't know who to help because Grum will vaporize me, but the SPD will put me in a card. And he's like, I think I would rather be vaporized. Which is fucked. Fucked. And that's basically where it ends um Jack, uh, the final the final things after this are that jack retires no big surprise there he was sick of those people um nova and sam go back to the future nova by the way is the nova ranger very poorly explored or explained apparently also a time traveling ranger from the future with omega yeah, uh, so Jack retires. Uh, Z, when they announce this stuff, uh, I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. Z then goes to Sam and is like, I'll see you in 20 years or whatever. She does that. Yeah. And then, like, as Sam and this uh, girl or whatever enter the portal, 
they flash their appearance of what they look like. Yes. And right, it's right after that, like, I'll see you in 20 years conversation mm -hmm. type deal. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Sam flashes Ian was like, this is what you got to look forward to in 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weird stuff. Also, Sky becomes the Red Ranger. Yep. And Bridge becomes the Blue Ranger. Yeah. The women are not promoted. <laughs> yeah, no one takes over the Green Ranger either. <clears throat> they go to visit Jack at the end of it. Um, and Jack's working for that, uh, that white chick that he, so that, that scene, we never really went over that scene, by the way. So when he, uh, goes to visit this white chick that he met out in the street, Allie. she's like, take Allie. She, uh, takes this, uh, she's Support. taking these clothes into a van and he's like, SPD, what you doing over here? And she's like, I'm donating clothes to the homeless. And he's like, cool story, bro. Tell me what you're really doing. As if. And I'm like, you were doing that sincerely 35 episodes ago. Yeah. And she's like, actually, I work for this company that my father owns. And he's like, oh, word? You have money and good credit? I'm in. <laughs> it's wild. Like, he straight up like after that point it was over he was like no i'm gonna make it my fucking mission to like be with this woman no matter what and uh when he when he finally gets the call in the end to like go do the mission he's like hold up i have to tell my girl real quick and he goes to tell her and she's like why why do you have to go do this stop just quit and he's like, I owe them this one last thing. Sorry, babe. And I'm <sighs> like, she's like, she knows that he works for the SPD. So like, and she's dating an SPD officer, right? Yeah. So like, she must understand the work. But because she's like a rich kid. You know, it's like she doesn't have that that sense of like duty or or that sense of like morality like there's things that are far more important but hey that's jack's in huh so at the end of it all he's working for her company he's helping her like get clothes or whatever from goodwill to sell at a markup and uh and, you know divvy some of the profits you know to homeless shelters i suppose uh he <laughs> They they go to him and they're like, oh wow, you're doing this now. He's like, yeah, I'm doing this now. And he's like, and they're like, oh, this is so cool. And Jack's like, you're you're SPD Red now, huh, Sky? He's like, yeah, it's great. And he's like, ah, oh, that's cool. And they get a call. It's like SPD emergency. And they're like, oh shit, we have to go. And he's like, you know, it's it's yours if you want it. And Jack's like, nah, I'm good, man. You go. And I'm like, all right, bye. And then the the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers class anthem plays. Do 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 do. Uh, that's at Power Rangers SPD Ranger rankings.
Z. She's like a D, right? I think low C. Maybe low She's C. She's interesting. She's an interesting character. Except uh, doesn't she doesn't get anywhere. shine. Yeah, she yeah, doesn't, doesn't get shine. Doesn't shine. It just no polish. No yeah, polish D. to that character at all. Mm-hmm. Hi D. Hi D. Uh, Sid. Low C. Just barely. She's How like much... the lowest C. Yeah, I think what saved her was the perception episode. Episode 20. Where they're like recounting the story. And she like reenacted it herself with the Pink Ranger stuff. And then she was like the star of that episode kind of in everybody's memory. But they were like all trying to like take the, the stage for it. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was fun. And she's had a couple episodes where she's just like genuinely an okay person. The episode early on where she helps rebuild Rick is like even if she ultimately goes back on the lessons that she learns in that episode to some extent, still humanizes her more than a lot of the other rangers. Yeah, I think the problem with like Z is that Z had that like kiss of Judas moment in episode two and never ever got shine after that. The closest thing she got to shine was the whole Sam thing where she's just like manipulating this kid. Yeah. And I think they think that they're in the right. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. I think that they think that they did everything according to protocol and they did everything right. Which is odd. Um also like her in that Morgana scene. <laughs> but that was more Morgana. Omega Ranger. Also like a C, just because he's not interesting, but he's like kind of pog. He has some pog action sequences, and he does the whole like, I'm in a ranger suit all the time, but only giving voiceovers. He kind of sounds like Trey of Triforia a little bit from Battle of the Grid. Yeah. Seems pretty cool. The only thing is the time, the timeline stuff doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Uh, Nova Ranger also like Nova Ranger is like unranked. Like there's no way we can give a ranking to someone who was there for only one episode and like literally one episode and the character you don't know the character at all or anything. Actually, is Nova Ranger Morgana? <laughs> Probably not, but like Oh yeah, we didn't address this. Mora slash Morgana is kind of under like a mind control thing, maybe it's suggested. But oh no, it's Kruger, not revealed. Kruger doesn't even consider any other options other than just brutalizing this child and putting her in a card. Yeah, there's no plot description at all. We do get like to see what she looks like, but that's me like being hopeful that they added some more context that's just, to her. That's just truth or lore now. Yeah. Do we even rank Nova? I don't even think we no. should rank Nova. Unranked, no. Yeah, unranked. Um, um, but Sam. Sam is... I think Sam is still low C. He does better yeah, than Tommy. Um, but uh, unfortunately, there's just not many personable moments because how are we supposed to relate to a talking helmet all the time for 20 episodes? I feel like Sky is a high C. It's admirable that he's such a bad character, but he's a terrible person. 
Yeah, I agree. He's one of the most interesting characters of the bunch for awful reasons. And I got to give credit to that. That like automatically puts you in C tier. There is a couple of really good episodes with Sky in it. Don't get me wrong. All of it at the end of the day is propaganda, but it's science fiction, dog. Like, you know, like just leave yeah. it be at that and just know yeah. that like the police aren't actually like this. So you kind of have to like separate it, right? Yeah, it's, it's um, fantasy. Still, like I think even towards the end, you still get this sense of like he's still a shithead. He might yeah. be less of a shithead, but he's still a shithead. <clears throat> Um, I'm going to put Doggy in about the same place. Yeah, Doggy Kruger, he's cool when he's in the ranger form, and he's pretty sick. But he's he a, a lot jerk. of pog action sequences. He's a jerk. He gaslights his rangers constantly. He's also not really, he's also pretty one note, outside yeah. of his relationship with Kat. Yeah. Kat, speaking of, she is technically a ranger. I'm going to say high C as well. Yeah. Again, uh, one note. Very one note. I think the cat episode was her, like, catastrophe was probably her biggest shine. She got better as the season went on. Yes. A little bit. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, just, they really needed more Cat Ranger episodes. It's such a shame. It's terrible that they didn't do the Cat Ranger, like, a couple of times. Yeah. They should have done it, like, especially at the end, it felt like, why is she not Cat Ranger here in the finale? Yeah. Even if you aren't going to do it any other times outside of that one episode, it should be the finale. Yeah, I agree. Had they saved it for the finale, it would have been so fucking litty. It would have been pog as fuck if she, like, she's like, back when Birdie gave me that one temporary morpher, he gave me a spare. And told me save it for a special occasion, or so, you know, like I just yeah. busted it. Like, fuck it, come on. Yeah. Easy, easy, easy fun that they, that they just left lying on the table. Give me that, and Cat might even be a low B. Bridge. Bridge is a B. I'm gonna say Bridge and Jack are both mid tier B for me. I think they're both high Bs. Uh, yeah, I might even say trending towards high B, but. I don't know. I'd have to really think about it. Bridge is the consistently likable character, but he never gets quite as much as he deserves in terms of development. Um, Jack is less consistently likable, but gets really good development. And by the end, when he quits, I mean, anyone who has been frustrated with some of the things going on in this show is going to relate to Jack in those final moments. And not just then, but, like, everything that leads up to that, too. You know, Jack develops a lot as a character. And it's actually very interesting because I really thought, I would say about 10 episodes in, I thought Jack might be my lowest-ranked ranger. Um, nah, I wouldn't have done that. I mean, I'm just saying, look, that early on when it was hard to tell, like, I was like, he might be kind of bottom of the pack here. Yeah. Um, but he pulls it out. He really pulls it out. He um, does. As a character and as an actor, the actor really is very consistent overall. Had they made Bridge red and Sky kept being blue, I would have put in I would have put Bridge probably in A. Yeah. Give Bridge more time on screen and make him a a slightly more realized character. And yeah, it would have been amazing. 
had he had one like probably one more good shine episode <clears throat> it would have really like sent them I he think. really needed a- another mystery solving like the the episode where he's taken prisoner i can't think of the dang name of it now kind of it ends up being the episode where they all come around to realizing that they like bridge but it should have been in another one where he got to solve the mystery again, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, it should have been like the second time Bridge solved an improbable mystery, they all came around and said, you know what? Even if we were a little reluctant to see it before, we all have to fucking bow to the fact that you have real skills and abilities now. Yeah. All right. Season review. It's Copaganda. And I like some procedural cop shows, so I really want to frame my final thoughts against that in particular. What makes a procedural cop show good or bad is an interesting question. Um, In my opinion, you have to be okay with the idea that a show like that is pure fantasy. Um, So first and foremost, as much as I've talked about this being cursed... I'm going to set that aside for a second and say, okay, this is pure fantasy. I recognize that. The same way as when I'm watching uh, Criminal Minds, I recognize that. And Criminal Minds is not a show that I think is amazing. It's just something I enjoy watching sometimes, especially when I'm having trouble sleeping or something like that. And I just need something to fill the time. So what makes a show like that good or bad? Again, we're setting aside all the cursed aspects. And... I just think we're still missing a lot of the things that would make a cop show good. Even setting it all aside and saying, we don't care that this is cursed, that the politics are bad, etc. Really good cop shows rely on certain things that are just largely missing here. One thing is coherent and compelling mysteries. A few episodes manage to do this, but most of them do not. Most of them, it doesn't really feel like they're solving a crime. It just feels like they are the tool of state violence. So that's a strike against the show right there in terms of is it a good cop show. Also, the way the characters interact with each other does not make for good cop TV. Because in good cop TV, you need a certain amount of tension and trust. And it's just all out of balance here. Um... The Rangers come apart again almost at the end of the season. Like, what, what decision was that? So many things like that are just confusing and weird. Last but not least, a lot of the action isn't good this season. Which also, again, uh, procedural cop dramas tend to have decent action. You know, that final showdown with the uh, serial killer or whatever is supposed to be dramatic and interesting. And, you know, kind of bring everything to a satisfying close. A lot of the action this season did not do that at all. So, it's not a satisfying cop show. Is it a satisfying season of the Power Rangers? No, it's not that either. Um, In some ways it is, but overall it is not. Um, And I'm not going to go into quite as much detail, but again, I'll just list off that, like, the themes of teamwork aren't there. Um, The Zord fights suck. Uh... Just a lot of things that I would expect out of a good season of Power Rangers aren't there either. So it's not a good cop show. It's not a good season of Power Rangers. But is it terrible? No. Some of the acting is pretty good. 
Um, some of the writing is pretty funny. It's, a, it, it's an especially funny season compared to previous seasons of Power Rangers, which is worth noting. Like, there's just funnier writing, and that's actually kind of good. It's complex because there are some things that are likable about it. There's good sets, decent acting, blah, blah, blah. Lots of stuff that's okay, but it's just okay. And so I think it's like a five. Like, it's just okay. This is a very okay season. Yeah, I was wondering when the sort of drop-off point for me would be in terms of own goals. I talk about that a lot when I talk about Power Rangers SPD because a lot of the episodes just feel like they created a problem that they needed to solve, and it takes a lot of the bite out of the plot because it's just like, it's like a kid putting his hand in the fire, right? It's like, yeah, dog, you're going to get fucking burned. What did you think was going to happen? And there's a lot yeah. of that. There's just, there's just a lot of that. There is a lot of interesting plot elements. You know, I'm not going to get into the philosophy of re- reviewing a copaganda show. But I will say that, like, just in general, there's a lot of interesting things that happen on screen that compel you to keep watching. Uh, number one is probably the intro. The intro bangs way harder than it ever needed to. <laughs> I mean, like, even by episode 38, I was like, I'm not skipping this intro. <laughs> you know, it's 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 really good. Um, and the other thing yeah, is that the wrong. Sentai footage with the, the video effects and stuff with all the slow-mo and the explosions and the action sequences, they're really good. Um, I think the Zord fights suck, of course. And that, that definitely leaves a lot to be desired. But unfortunately, the plot, the overall plot outside of the characters themselves can't really stand up or amount to anything uh the fact that there was even someone above grum this season and they pulled it as like a last minute play was so terrible oh yeah i barely addressed how bad grum was but i just want to say that's definitely a factor in how i felt about this season in a big way and the fact that i talked about him so little and you listeners know that i am villain obsessed should just say it all yeah However, Morgana was really cool. Uh, Broodwing was really cool. Piggy was pretty cool by the end of all of it. I think the the finale hurt his character a lot, but before that, very interesting, compelling character to watch, I think. With all that being said, you have reasons to watch the show. There's a lot of frustrating elements pre-wired. Like, it was almost like Lost Galaxy levels. And I'm going to give this kind of the same rating that I gave Season 2 and Lost Galaxy. It's like right there. It's like a 5.0, in my opinion. I think I rated like Lost Galaxy like 5.1. This is probably better than Lost Galaxy overall. But I would only say that as a sort of like a dissection way, right? There's more things, there's more meat to chew on. That's why this episode's about to run like three hours long. There's more more meat to chew on this season than there is in previous seasons. And I think that that, that's a compelling reason to watch, even though there's a lot of misfires. And there is a ton of misfires here. So it's going to be a 5.0 for me. Um, Final thoughts for Power Rangers SPD? I think um, it's interesting. And I'm almost even tempted to give it a 6. 
I want to be tempted to give it a 6-2, but the, the there's two... Like, even Piggy getting, like, a bolt of lightning at the end of finale for Piggy terrible. to help them after the betrayal was just terrible, terrible. writing. You know? Yeah. There's, too, there's too many moments of convenience and, like, the Rangers themselves or Kruger or someone like that who's supposed to be on the good side starting the problem, right? Like, we're, like, episode... We were in, like, episode 30-something... Point being, there was one of like the mid-season episodes where they were getting jealous of the Omega Ranger. And like that completely fucked them up, that episode. Like that was their ultimate like defeat from that episode and an L that they had to take. Like there's yeah. too much shit like that. Where it's just like I feel like I'm watching just a bunch of grown ass adults bicker and shit and like making and being dramatic and, and making problems worse than they are. But the other shit is so pog. So it's like hard, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just a really, it's a tough, weird season. And, you know, I want to be clear that politics aside, it just has a lot of problems. And I can't just overlook all of that, you know? I, yeah. I think we are uh, very interested in watching Mystic Force. I think our Power Rangers Battle for the Grid event. Uh, for those that don't know, it's it was on twitch.tv slash notsafemedia. But we did a Battle for the Grid event for charity where uh, I ended up winning. I donated $100 to the uh, Grimes Community Outreach Center over here in Knoxville. And um, we you picked Udana. And like I played through the story mode, which also had Udana. And uh, one of her moves when she like does like a Sub-Zero fatality you know, ultra move like Marvel versus Capcom three style. Uh, she's like magical source, Mystic Force, and it's kind of like stuck with us. So I think we're kind of hyped for for Mystic Force. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm 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 interested. I'm glad to have finally watched a somewhat decent season. <sighs> yeah, it was. This was because I a think this after Dino Thunder. Yeah, because I think, like, the beginning of the season was pretty trash. And, like, I was just like, I don't know how much more I can take. Like, we were starting to question, like, do we need a break from Power Rangers? I need to do, like, maybe a Sentai or, or some other show after, after this one or something. But I think I'm still pretty pogged up for, for the rest of this, especially as we inch closer and closer to RPM. Yep. So, looking forward to future... Sentai Truther Club stuff. But uh, yeah, till next time. Thank you guys for listening. Rangers, thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to rate our podcast five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them. And as always, you can find Kennedy and I on Twitter. I am at Gravcast and Kennedy is at Kennedy T. Cooper. Stay safe, Rangers, and may the power protect you.